Exodus 33. Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which you has brought out, up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying unto thee, Thy seed I will give it. And I will send an angel before you. I'll drive out the, the Canaanites, all that. Verse, that. verse 3 says, Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art stiff naked, lest I consume thee in thy way. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on him his ornaments. Verse 5. For the Lord had said unto Moses, saying unto the children of Israel, Ye are a stiff-naked people, I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment, and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do with you. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments of the, uh, by the Mount Horeb, and Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose and stood, even stood every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended, hallelujah, and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses, and all the people saw the cloudy pillar standing at the tabernacle, and the people rose and worshipped, and every man in his tent door. Verse 11 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. Notice that. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, notice Joshua, Joshua, his servant, not his mentee, his servant, amen, the son of Nun or Nun, <laughs> amen, a young man, a young man, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Are you seeing? And then 12 says, And Moses said unto the Lord, See, Thou sayest unto me, Bring up these people, and thou hast not let me know who thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast found grace in my sight. Verse 3, 13 says, Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider this nation. Are you seeing how he's praying? Amen. And then, and consider this, ne? this nation, thy people. Are you seeing now it's thy people? Verse 14 says, and he said, look at what God said. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. We'll stop from, we'll stop at that place. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this portion of scripture is the times during the time when Moses had just come down from the mountain. Amen. Do you remember the way Jesus in Mark chapter 9, he had just come down from the mountain and he found his disciples, they were, they were defeated <laughs> to cast out the devil 
Amen. From my, uh, from my young man, and the father was telling Jesus, you know what? Your disciples are not even able to <laughs> cast out the devil. Now, this is a time when Moses had just come down from the mountain. And they were, you remember? They were in the mountain. They were in between, you know, camping in between Egypt and, and the promised land. And the Bible says that they were there. Moses had been there up the mountain for 40 days. Hallelujah. And you remember that time is when God gave him the tabernacle, the, the tablets, the ten, sorry, the, tab, the ten tablets and the pattern for the tabernacle. Amen. Praise the Lord. He gave him how the blueprint, what architectures, architects, people who are doing architecture, call the blueprint, you know. So he gave him that for making the tabernacle. They had not yet made the tabernacle where God will be dwelling, the dwelling place of God in the midst of their camp. Hallelujah. So now, while Moses was up the mountain, something was happening down here. These people started getting worried. They were wondering, where is Mo? Where is Moses? And you remember what happened? They made a golden, golden calf. You know me, I like giving the background of the scripture before we start looking at the scripture so that we all understand we are in the same page. We understand what is going on here. Hallelujah. Why is God talking the way he is talking? So while, while, while they were, uh, the, after they made the golden calf, do you know which commandment they broke? Was it commandment number one? No. It was commandment number two. Commandment number one says, thou shalt not have another God apart from me. Amen. That's commandment number one. Commandment number two is thou shalt not make an agreven image to represent me. Amen. So that is what they broke. They were still worshipping God but they put him in, a, in an image. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so after they made the golden calf then there was party after party. There was party after party. Down there, they started partying. Hallelujah. <laughs> then Moses came down, and you remember what he did. He asked who is on the Lord's side. And then the Levites went to his side. And that time, you remember when the law was brought, that is when the 3,000 people were killed. Amen. Because they were the ones who were unrepentant, they were the unrepentant idolaters who were slain that day. But we thank God the same way the law came and 3,000 people died. It's the same way the grace of God, Pentecost, came. And what happened? 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Now let's look at the scripture. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence. Thou and the people which thou hast brought. You and the people which you have brought out of the land of Egypt. Are you seeing? These are not God's people anymore. He's saying, <laughs> he's, telling, he's telling Moses, leave you and your people. Amen. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Do you remember when God was sending Moses to, to, to Egypt? He was telling them, he told Moses, go and, go and do what? Go and tell Pharaoh, let my people, <laughs> let my people go. But now look at what God is saying. God is now saying, you and your people, depart and go. Go from here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just, just notice how God is, you know, God is very relational and God is very jealous. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Very relational. Very jealous. Let me tell you something. God is not a God who works with contracts. He works with relationships. Amen. It's not about, Ati God, you do, I did this. I prayed. I, am, I want to get my answers. And then you get your answers right there. God, I have tithed tomorrow. I must see my business prospering. Amen. No, that's not how God works. He is relational. Amen. It depends on how you relate with him. It's not about contracts. It's about being in a relationship and in a fellowship with God. Hallelujah. Look at this. The Bible says that, that go unto the land. You see, they had sinned. But why is God still, still, still telling them, go to the land? Go to the land, look at it. The Bible says, go unto the land which I swear. <laughs> Are you seeing? I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. That also tells me something about God. He knows your name. He knew the specific people he had made the promise to. To Isaac, to Kamau, to Otieno. <laughs> Uh, amen. Someone is hoping that I mention their name. <laughs> to gift. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. He knows you by name. And when he makes a promise, he makes a promise with you in particular. He knows your name. He knows you individually. One-on-one -on -one relationship. Amen. He says, to the land which I swear unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look at this promise. The promise of the land is still there. These guys, look, just, just, just look at it. These guys have just broken the commandment of God. They have made a grieven image. They are putting an image to represent God. They had sinned, and they knew it. They knew they had sinned against God. But look at it. The Bible says, and the promise... They are, they are told, go unto the land which I swear. <laughs> and the promise is still there. Hallelujah. Are you sons of God? Yeah. These are children of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you seeing it? Are there generational curses following you? If you are a child of God. Amen. Is it generational curse or generational blessing? Was this a generational curse or generational blessing? You're seeing it, eh? Please, I hope someone is seeing it. Please see it. Amen. Stop blaming those bad things that are happening around you on what? Generational curses. Amen. That's hard teaching for someone here today, but it is breaking in Jesus' name because the Bible is very clear. <laughs> It is very clear. Can you see it? He says, 
the promise of the land says, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is still there. God has said, go. The promise is there, go. Go. Go to the land. If you are born again, you're a child of God. Israel was God's firstborn. If you are born again, you are God's firstborn. Hallelujah. And through Jesus, we have God's promises. And his promises are, yea and amen. <laughs> How will you say yea in, in our language today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are, oh, yeah, and amen. Amen, sure. Hallelujah. So don't be scared about your future. The promise is secure. God's promises over your lives are secure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> ah, he didn't take back the promise of the land. That is our God. They had sinned. Again, we, we are not denying that they had sinned against God. They had sinned against God. But the promise is still there. It says, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is keeping his promise here. And there are generational promises. Go, go to verse 2. The Bible says, uh, same verse, the Bible says, or verse 2 says, and I will send an angel. Are you seeing? He's even adding something. He's saying, okay, the promise is there. You guys go. But I'm sending an angel. Now, I want you to notice something. In the Old, Test in the Old Testament, there are times, you see the Bible's talking about the angel of his presence. They're talking about the manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament. Amen. You know, Jesus was already there before in the Old Testament. He just took a body. <laughs> Hallelujah. He took a body and came into this earth and lived as a human being. But before he was there. And sometimes you see in the Bible, it's, the Bible refers to him as the angel of the Lord. I'm the angel of his presence. But I want to tell you, this is not Jesus' manifestation. No. This is an angel. One of those ministering spirits. The Bible talks about angels as ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Hebrews chapter 1. Remember? Ah, let's continue. The Bible says, and I will send an angel. One of those, not the angel, an angel. Amen. I'll send an angel before thee. And this angel, the Bible says, and I will drive, through this angel, I will drive out the Canaanites. Are you seeing? Aha. Uh -huh. If they are Canaanites and Amorites, <laughs> and, and Hittites and Perizzites, and Hivites and the Jebusites in your promised land, the angel is already there. Are you seeing? <laughs> Let me tell you, in the New Testament, the promised land is not heaven. No. Because in heaven, there are no Canaanites. There are no Jebusites. There are no Amorites. There are, not, there are no Cushites and Tamites. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. In heaven, they are not there. This is, the promised land is the kingdom of God here on earth. The kingdom of God. That's the promised land. That's where there are these Canaanites. Hallelujah. And God is promising an angel. Ministering spirits. They are angels. 
surrounding you. Hallelujah. There are angels with you wherever you go. If your promised land is in your academia, your promised land in your relationship into marriage, and those who are married, a promised land in your marriage. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The promised land in your business, wherever it is, whatever the promised land is, hallelujah, where is flow, the land flowing with what? Milk and honey. The kingdom of God, there's milk and honey. A lot of milk and honey. It's there. <laughs> the Bible says God himself will send an angel and the angel will drive out all these guys. So there was not just the promise of provision. You see the promise of protection here. That even in, your, in this kingdom where there are enemies, there's what? There's protection. There's angelic protection for you. Hallelujah. But notice something. He's saying an angel, not himself. This time he's not going. He's not giving himself to them. Look at verse 3. It says, Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. You're seeing this is a description of the land. Eh? Where ukuna good stuff. There are good stuff, good things. There's protection. There's provision. All those things are there in the kingdom of God. In the promised land. He says, for I. I'm sending an angel. I. <laughs> you see the promise is there. Eh? But I. <laughs> I will not go up in the midst of thee. You've seen it. God is saying, the promise is there. The generational blessing is there. All the things, all the supplies, milk and honey, protection, it is there. But I am not coming. Are you seeing? I am not coming with you. Says, why? For you are a stiff-necked people, lest I consume, consume thee in the way. This angel of God you've seen, it is not God. Why? Because God has said, I am not coming. I will not go with you. Hallelujah. Now you see, God is checking something here. Whether we derive our joy and happiness from the things, from the external things that he gives us, or we derive our joy and happiness from him? Amen. Amen. Begin to ask yourself that question, because that is what I'm talking about today. Where do you get your joy from? Is it from God? Because you are with him right now. Maybe you don't have money in your pocket. So are you sad <laughs> because there is no money in your pocket, yet you have the God of all money in your heart? Amen. Why are you sad? <laughs> Why is someone sad here because they don't have school fee, yet the God of all schools, yeah, the one who runs all the, you know, the schools, the chief minister of education is inside you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now God is saying, I will not go with you. I will not. 
Because it's not me you want. It's the things you want. Are you seeing? Look at it. It's, the Bible says, I'll not go in the midst of thee. Why? You are a stiff-necked people. You know what a stiff-necked person is? <laughs> the neck is stiff. They were leaving Egypt. They are going, but their neck is still facing Egypt and are stuck there. <laughs> they are still thinking Egypt, Egypt, Egypt. Stiff neck. Amen. Their mind is still on what? On Egypt. Misery. Hey, song Misery Sita Rudi. <laughs> they, are, they are so used to the Egyptian way or the Egyptian culture. Look at the golden calf. That is Egypt. That is not God's way. Amen. Hallelujah. The golden calf is not God's way. Idols are not God's way. No. Even idolizing human beings is not God's way. Idolizing ministers of God is not God's way. Idolizing them. Idolizing money is not God's way. Idolizing your relationship is not God's way. Amen. You know, there are people who may not be happy if they don't see their, uh, you know, their half. When they think of better, what? Better fool. Because they see better half. <laughs> they don't see better fool, you know, next to them, then they become so sad. Hmm? Amen. Idolizing people is not God's way. Only one is to be worshipped. His name is God. His name is Jesus. I know I'm touching someone somewhere there. Amen. They were stiff-necked. They were so stubborn. And they were, they were stubborn to the extent they were willing to compromise on God's laws. Stiff-necked. Hallelujah. Ask yourself, you've come to Christ. You are a new creation. But is there, is there some element of stiff-neckedness? Stiff, stiff <laughs> Amen. Where the mind is still attached to the old ways. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, God, we bless your holy name. The Bible says in verse 4, And when the people had these evil tidings, what evil tidings? I read this, I was wondering, Ay, God is giving them milk, a land with milk and honey. You know, buying land in Nairobi nowadays is very scary. Because you might go buying land and you buy land that has already been bought by three other people and they all have title deeds. But this one God is giving them and this one has milk and honey. Of course means there were cows there. Amen. It's not, it's not rivers with milk. Amen. If you are thinking it's rivers with milk, you just go with a cup and you... Eh? Yeah? <laughs> no, they are cows. You know, they are cows. In other words, you'll do farming. You'll do, uh, uh, what do you call it? We, cattle farming. It's, uh, there's a name for it. It's called dairy farming. Amen. <laughs> and, and, and with honey, we are talking about bees being there. Amen. Yeah, it's not that bees will be, you know, cloud of honey, clouds of honey will be. <laughs> And then you, you put your cups there and you collect honey. No. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we're talking about the land flowing with milk and honey. There's a lot. The ambience. 
there's a good environment to do your to do farming. Hallelujah. The Bible says, even with that land that was promised to these people, the Bible says, and when the people had these evil tidings, what evil tidings? Yet they were given the promised land. Yet they were given the protection from, from God. What evil tidings? Do you know what evil tidings it was? That God is not going with them. Amen. Amen. You have got this nice, beautiful job. But the boss has said, let us meet in that room. Amen. Amen. Yeah, this beautiful job flowing with milk and honey. As in there's a good, there's good uh, uh, salary in that job. You can use that salary to go and buy all the milk and honey you want. Amen. But we first have to meet where? Yes. Are you seeing? Or you have to first bribe your way. Amen. To get it. Land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, I am not going there. I'm not. I'm not going there. <laughs> it's there. I'm not going there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Are you seeing? It rather it, it better stay. Look at what the Bible says here. They had had evil tidings. Those were evil tidings. Waking up and continuing with life apart from his presence, apart from him, apart from God, knowing that God is with you, having that in your mind and in your heart, that is, to me, it's evil tidings. It's bad news. It's bad news. It doesn't matter whether your land is flowing with milk and honey. That's bad news. Because he is not there. <laughs> God is not there. Hallelujah. Where I'm willing to bribe myself to get that job. And I wake up every morning and I continue with that job. And, 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 and God is not there. Hallelujah. Those are evil tidings. Think about it. They mourned. They mourned. They mourned because God, was, God had said, I am not going. Let's continue. And no man did put his ornaments, put on him, put on him his ornaments. For the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, You are stiff. Naked I will come up to uh, in the midst of thee in the moment and consume thee. Now put off thy ornaments from thee that I may know what to do with thee. God was keeping his distance from them. But look at their re re reaction. I love their reaction. Because they felt like they had lost God. Hallelujah. There was grief. They were feeling, oh, Lord, we, we have lost you. I don't know how many of us would ever get to such a place when you feel like or you sense you have walked away from him. No man did put on his ornaments then the Bible also says, now put off thy ornaments from thee. You know, these ornaments represent what? They were used to create, some of them were used to create what? The golden calf. You remember? Remember the ones that they were being given by the Egyptians? 
And now when they were creating the golden calf, some of them were used to do what? These were emblems for idolatry. And this time, God is saying, now this, this, this is not time for external decoration. You know, time for looking good outside. But questioning what is inside. What is the condition inside? Is there a problem inside? Hallelujah. Because now it was time for them to get right with God in their hearts. Externally, things were looking good. But the God who searches the hearts of men, you know, he wants to know what is the status of your heart. That God. Amen. That God. It's time now to put off external, external, external ornaments, you know, covering ourselves, looking good, and yet the heart is far away. You honor me with your lips, yet your hearts are far away. It was time for them to start changing and beginning to say, God, it is you we want. It's not the land flowing with milk and honey. It is you. Let me tell you something. You know, Christianity, unfortunately, it has been turned to nilikuwa sijabarikiwa sasa nimebarikiwa. Are you seeing? Nilikuwa uh, in a place where I didn't have a house, I didn't have a home, I didn't have food. Nilikuwa nakula mboga na ugali. Sasa nakula nyama. Nakula na kings. That is what Christianity has been reduced to. And many times, even many songs, if you listen to them, that is what you hear. You hear, nilikuwa hivi, sasa niko hivi. Amen. And that, that is it. Is not God. Amen. Look at what the scriptures here are talking about. They were mourning. We should actually be mourning. We should be in grief asking ourselves, where is God? And because that answer, the answer to that question is what will begin to change, transform, revive, awaken us from sleep in slumber. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. What good is provision? What good is protection apart from God? Mm-hmm. Unless the Lord builds a house. The builders labor in vain. Unless he watches over <laughs> that house. The watchmen are wasting their time. Are you seeing? <laughs> Hallelujah. But we thank God because godly sorrow leads us to what? Repent? Repentance. And true repentance is when we confess and when we forsake. Amen. These things. Amen. You know, you'll find even some places right now, people hopping from church to church because they feel like I've been here I'm not being blessed. No, the hand of the man of God is not releasing blessing. 
I need to go to somewhere else where the hand will release blessing. Or where if I give 10,000, I'll get 100,000. You know, mekua mchezo wa karata. Inaitwangaje, what do you call it? You know, that, that thing. Gambling, eh? Betting. We're even willing to bet <laughs> with God. And God does not do gambling. You know, he does not practice gambling. Hallelujah. That already answers you what I think about gambling. <laughs> Amen. If you are gambling, forget it. Their repentance and their putting off their ornaments was a show of what? Their need for God. You know? They were showing fruit of repentance. They have decided to turn, turn away. Amen. Let me tell you today, if you live here and you don't live with anything else, live with this. And that's why you saw me come here and continue that song, Wewe Watosha. Wewe Watosha. Wewe Watosha. Wewe Watosha. Wewe Watosha. Why? Because the presence of God is enough. We, don't, we can't add anything. To, to, you cannot increase him. Can you increase God? You can't. He's already in the increased state. <laughs> Amen. Increase is him. You cannot add a car to God and make him better. And a house to him and make him better. No. You say, you can't add popularity to God <laughs> and make him better. No. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He is self-sustaining. He's already increased. That's why he can release the blessing of increase on you. And say, be fruitful and multiply. Amen. Because he's already there. That is who he is. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is not God because he lives in heaven. And because in heaven there are streets of gold. No. So why do we want to become someone or something because of things? Don't allow things to make you Amen. Don't allow a house, because you have a big house, now you are a big person. Or because you have a big car, then you are, I have a big car. (laughs) But I was already big before the car came. The car came to a big, a big person. Hallelujah. Amen. And you're only big because of the greater one. Do you know why the Bible calls him greater? He says the greater one lives. It's just the greatest. He says greater. In other words, when anyone comes, he is greater than that one. <laughs> Hallelujah. If anyone or anything dares to come and appear, he is greater than. Today he can be the greatest amongst us. And then someone else comes. No, no, no. We'll call him greatest. We call him greater <laughs> than any that is here today and is to come. Hallelujah. Amen. Where is he living? In us. Hallelujah. That one I can boast for sure. I'm sure about it. 
and I can boast about it. He lives in me. Hallelujah. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. Ooh, you know, you know, these are very hard sermon. Yeah, you know, sometimes preachers need hard for them to go and preach hard sermons. Me, I'm one of those preachers who preach hard sermons. Amen. Put off your ornaments. Amen. Put off that culture, in other words. Put off those things that need to be put off. Amen. That's what God is saying from the scriptures. There are those things that you are decorating yourself with, I am decorating myself with, we need to put them off. Amen. So that only God be our ornament. Amen. Amen. Only him be our glory. The one who shines. Amen. Him, not what you put on. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 7, And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. I want to tell you this tabernacle you are talking about is Moses' tent. Because they had not yet built the tabernacle, the ark, you know, the, the, sorry, the tabernacle, the one that God will come in and dwelt, dwell in. Moses had just come with a blueprint, but he had his tent where he was staying. And that is where God used to come and speak to him. So the Bible says he pitched it without the camp, Amen. And, and, and afar off from the camp and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. They had not yet built a church. You know, there was no church. Like, you know, the tabernacle like the church then. So the house, you know, the way you can host people, you know, to come and worship God in your, in your home. So that is what Moses is doing. Because that's where God will speak to him. So he took his personal tent and put it Put it outside because they had already defiled the camp with idolatry. He put it outside. This is where I meet with God. I don't meet with God where there is where the idolat idolatry goes on. You know, these guys had pushed God out. And something I want to talk about here is it's also time to begin to separate ourselves. We are talking about the presence of God. If you are talking about the abiding presence of God, we are talking about also separation. Amen. We, there are things we have to separate ourselves from. There's some kind of music we have to separate ourselves from. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. I know your playlist. There is some music that gotta go. <laughs> or, or you go from it. <laughs> you see, here Moses went out, you know, with his tent. You guys have defiled the camp. And I usually meet God in, here in my tent in the camp. The music gotta go. Eh? <laughs> it's got to go. <laughs> Amen. The movie is got to go. Amen. Separation. Eh? Separation. Come out from among them. You know that scripture? Second Corinthians chapter six. What? Let, let's let's read it. Let's read it. Be ye not unequally yoked together with an. He's not saying don't be friends with unbelievers. He's saying don't be yoked. Amen. Amen. Be a friend. Talk to them. Share with them the gospel of Jesus. Do business with them. Occupy till Jesus come. But don't be unequally yoked. Amen. I'm not going to go ahead and explain many things which you already know. That was says, for what fellowship? <laughs> says, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? 
communion with the light, uh, 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 um, uh, what communion has light with darkness? Are you seeing? Uh -huh. What concord has Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Amen. Look at what God is saying in verse 16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? What, 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 what agreement has the temple or, or the, 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 the tabernacle of Moses with idolatry in the camp? For he says, ye are what? The temple of the living God. That's the indwelling presence of God. You are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God and they shall be my, my people. He's not even saying, I will give them food. I will give them uh, 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 protection. No, he's saying, I will be their God. Because when he is your God, those things are sure. Hi, guys. When he is your God, those things are sure. You can walk like Elijah and say, I stand right at the very presence of God. Amen. That's where I'd like us to, to get all of us. Amen. Without fear. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says, I will be it says, where come out, it says, wherefore, come out from among them. Be ye separate, say the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I'll be the, a father unto you, and shall be my sons. There's a clear dividing line. Even as we talk about the presence of God, there's a clear dividing line between, between his presence, you know, living by grace, in the name of grace, and, and you know, the grace of God is available. Do you know in Titus 2.11, it says the grace of God has appeared to all men. And it teaches us to say no. <laughs> so you cannot claim in the name of grace. And the grace of God is available, so you continue, we continue in sin. No. No. The grace is available to teach us to say no. The power to say no is available. Hallelujah. The power... To say no to idolatry is available to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, also know that if sin had abounded somewhere, grace overflows there. Amen. So don't feel, don't let not anyone here feel condemned in any way. Grace is available. Amen. Amen. It's overflowing already for you. And you know what? That grace will help you now. Now, from now on. It will help you to say no to ungodliness. Verse, verse 8, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when Moses went out of the tabernacle, and all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent, looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloud pillar. Are you seeing the ooh, glory? After the separation, are you seeing what is happening? The cloud, cloudy pillar descended, manifest presence of God, and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord <laughs> talked with Moses. We are not even talking about, and the Lord told Moses, you will take the land of Canaan, now I'm giving you the land of Africa, and the land of America. No, 
The Bible says the Lord talked with him. There is nothing greater than the presence of God. Amen. You can't get anything greater than that. Even if God added you lands and lands, Wawero. God added you lands and lands and lands, Mr. Wawero. Hallelujah. Mr. Otieno, if God added you degrees and degrees and degrees, it will not satisfy you. <laughs> Hallelujah. It will not be enough. God talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the door, the tabernacle. All the people rose and worshipped, and every man in his tent. Hallelujah. You see, when, when Moses went out into the tabernacle, he was going into communion with God. These people had messed up. They had sinned against God. But you see what, what Moses does. In times of crisis, in times of trouble, communion with God. Amen. Amen. Let me show you something about Njo Ufanyue Maombi. Let me show you something. Open James chapter 5, please. Verse 13. It says, is, is any among you afflicted? Let what? Let him. Is any merry? Let him sing. I want to go to the next one. The next one we'll explain later. But I want you to see that. Is anyone among you let him, afflicted, let him pray? Is anyone among you uh, uh, merry? Let him sing. Think about it. Most of the time when we are afflicted, we want to be prayed for. Sindio? What about when you are happy, when you are merry, when you've got a new job? Do you go to someone and tell them, please sing on my behalf? Yeah? Oh, sing on my behalf. I'm so happy. Sing on my behalf. Please sing on my behalf. Then why is it that when you are afflicted, you want others to pray for us? Pastor, oh, pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I thank God for this chat because no one calls me to pray for them. <laughs> because you know my answer <laughs> I'll, I'll show you this scripture I'll tell you, are you afflicted? Pray no, no, Not that I'm saying I'll not pray for anyone I'll pray for you I'll pray with you, actually with you Is anyone among you afflicted? Let him pray If you are afflicted Don't, don't you think you're the one who knows Where it is pinching Sindio, when do you know Palina? In a tuna. <laughs> You're the one to pray. Amen. Let him pray. <laughs> Moses was in communion with God eh? in times of crisis. He went to God to ask him for direction, to guide him. You know? And God appeared. The cloudy pillar descended. Amen. And that was a representation of God's glory. Hallelujah. There's a dangerous statement I'm about to make right now. <laughs> I want to show you here something. They had sinned. But the cloud still descended. Amen. After they repented, the cloud still descended. God had not abandoned them. That's what I'm trying to say. God had not left them. God was still with 
them. So we are not relig- we, are, we know we are not what we are religion. God is a God of relationships. The cloud, look at the cloud still appeared. God still appeared and talked with Moses. You know, initially God had told them, you and your people, go. But now the people have turned their hearts. Amen. All the people rose and worshipped. They bowed towards the cloud. Verse 11. This talk with Moses, I don't think it had any agenda. I just think they were just basking together in communion and intimacy. You know? Like, Yanni, you just like someone being around. <laughs> That's what was happening here. Verse 11, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man. Are you seeing? God spake to him face to face. Okay, you are not, God, Moses was not seeing God's face. It's just a figure of speech. You know, they are just trying to explain how free the conversation was. You know, that, that face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Are you seeing what God is looking for? He's looking for friendship with us. Are you seeing? Can we get there? One very interesting thing. There's a time when Jesus, together is this with his disciples, very close. Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. Do you remember what Peter did when you were looking at the book of John? Yes. What did he do? Yeah. He asked, he said, John, are you seeing it? Ask him who it is. Uh-huh. You're seeing it? This is Peter. Peter was among the three closest to Jesus. But still, he was not as close as who? Sure. Amen. He says, John. John knew her. John had a secret. Amen. Intimacy. Communion with God. That's what we should crave, thirst for, hunger for. Don't just be a Peter, be a John. When it comes to communion. Okay, when it come, comes to preaching, stand and preach like Peter. <laughs> and also come into closeness and intimacy with Jesus as John. Amen. So these are conversational stone they are speaking. You know, John 15 verse 15, Jesus called us friends. You see, he says here that he spoke to Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And that's what God is looking for from us. We have his spirit in us, so we need to move from it, you know, this religious uh, uh, kind of relationship with him. Yeah, you know, God, I've come to church, tick. I prayed in the morning, tick. Prayed in the evening, tick. Prayed before, before food, tick. You know, those are three out of three ticks. You know, let's come out of that and we'll relate with God. Do you usually tick the conversations you have with your dad and your mom and your friends? No. Amen? Yeah. You miss them and you want to talk to them, Cindy? Yes, let's get there in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. 
I want to show you something here. The Bible says, And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua. Be like Joshua. The son of Nana, a young man, departed not out. He was not in a hurry to leave. Also, don't be in a hurry when you are in the presence of God. We're in church. When you're in church, don't be in a hurry. Be like Joshua. Amen? Yeah, amen? Be in his presence. You're in his presence. He's where two or three are gathered in his name. He is in their midst. If you know God is in your midst, you will not even be in a hurry. Praise the Lord. Verse, nine, verse 12, he says, And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up these people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I, will, uh, I know thee by name, and thou hast found also uh, said that you found, uh, found grace in your sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I found grace in your sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this, consider also that these are your people. Show me thy way, speaking of direction, that I may know you, speaking of relationship, that I found grace in your sight, speaks of partnership with God. And look at verse 14, he says, he said, my presence, now look at what God says, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. My presence shall go. Moses had asked God, send yourself. Amen. God, my presence shall go with you. This sermon today is about us seeking to connect with God and nothing else. His presence and nothing else. Amen. Amen. Seeking Him, His presence, nothing else. That's it. His presence. Nothing else. Amen. It's not about the pleasures. It's about His presence. His presence is the most pleasurable thing. Nothing beyond. Nothing above. Amen. Nothing can add to His presence. Amen. In fact, even nothing can subtract from his presence. If I am to live and go somewhere, I need to go in his presence. Amen. If I'm staying somewhere, I need to stay in his presence. If I'm to get, get a, a new job, in his presence. Enter into marriage, in his presence. In his presence. My presence shall go with thee. Do you know why Israel is revered like that in the world. Do you know why? Because of God. Because of God. Because of God. Later on, as if you continue, I'll not continue with the, the rest of the chapter, you will see Moses says, you know, if you don't go with us, how will they know? You know, that we are your people. How? Amen? Amen. Let the mark of our lives not be our, the, 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 the monies and the cars and the houses. Let the mark of our lives be the presence 
of God. Amen. His presence. Amen. It's upon you and me. The omnipresence, he is there sovereignly. He is the one who created everything. Indwelling presence, when he got born again, he came and he dwells within us. He said, I will be there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, his manifest presence is on us. Is on us. Draw closer to me, James 4, 8, and I will draw closer to you. Draw closer and I will draw. Are you saying it's upon us? Amen. It's upon, upon us. And let me tell you, when we just engage his presence, that's it. You will continue. You, you'll realize you are more anointed than you used to be before. Amen. You'll just discover you speak and things happen because of his presence. You enter some places you don't even speak. There is peace. And I'll give you rest. You'll be rested. You'll be like Jesus sleeping when there is the storm. Amen. Rest is not just rest because things are good. No. Even during the storm. Amen. Because it is him. <laughs> he is the rest. Amen.